Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Geeky Pod with Manas. Today's episode is a very special episode because in our normal podcast we talk about career. We talk about various career opportunities and how one can reach there. But with all those options when you try and try and you keep failing it becomes a lot of stressful. Our mind becomes stressful, we become anxious and it causes maybe depression. So with all this combined is what we call as mental health. so today in this episode we are going to talk about mental health how various uh, stimulus or stimuli if impacts one mental health what are the various ways our mental health can be improved what are the nutritions one should have uh, so that their mental health is improved how uh, meditation and uh, how exercise helps to keep the mental health in check so today in this episode we have one phd student sujata sinha who is uh, working in this field of neuroscience so she will uh, enlighten us today in various aspects of mental health and how neuroscience can help to cope up with this mental health join me in welcoming ms sujata sinha uh, please like share and subscribe to this channel if you like the content and it's it's been observed that 93% of you are watching the videos however you are not clicking that subscribe please hit, hit the subscribe button it's not that difficult just hit it and watch the podcast thank you if you are listening to this podcast on spotify or any other audio platforms please hit the follow button rate this podcast Sujata, first you tell me what is uh, neuroscience and uh, how does it relate to mental health? So, the word neuroscience itself uh, consists of two words, that is neuro and science. So, basically, it is the study of how the neural systems work in our body um, and how it is affecting and controlling and coordinating uh, the different systems of the body so when i say neural it does not only restrict to the brain but it also uh, talks about general neurons and nerve cells uh, which are present throughout our body okay so basically um, the science behind uh, how these neurons they work um, how and why uh, it works and the effects it uh, the uh, effects uh, they have on the physical mental psychological and also on the behavior of an individual so all this thing can be uh, brought under the big umbrella called neuroscience and if you go to the mental health we again it has two words that's mental and health so uh, first let's see what is health so you know health means an overall uh, well being so when you say how are you we say i am well but when you say how is your health is i am good my health is good so there is no um it's not like mental health and physical health are different types of health no in fact this mental health can be considered as a sub component or a subset of health so if you go into the dictionary or in the textbook of medical students so health is defined in not only in terms of uh physi or physiological or uh, sorry uh, the physical health but it also refers to the mental health so what is this mental so mental is more related to the process 
processes which involve our thought processes or feelings or emotions um, all these aspects which are little bit different from the uh, physical ones so how we can relate this neuroscience to mental health of course it can be related because our brain um, which uh, is controlling, which is uh, which has taken the responsibility of controlling all these thought processes, and how exactly it does, and what is the background story? I think we can talk about it uh, in the rest of the uh, podcast. All right. So now you mentioned that uh, neuroscience is the study of neural network within one's body, and uh, so how does it relate? to brain and what functionality of brain, brain actually controls the mental health. Exactly. So basically you are meaning that how uh, does the brain work? Um, so one aspect is that um, this is a good question because we do not have any definite answer for how does the brain work. Okay, so there is like uh, this neuro research in neuroscience um, has been continuing since ages, more than centuries, okay, more than two centuries. And every time with the advancement in science and also in technology, we find new discoveries and this, the functioning of uh, uh, the brain keeps on changing and maybe also redefined. Like, for example, um, like maybe let's say 100 years ago, there were like scientists used to believe that in our brain there are certain areas which are responsible for specific region. For example, we say that this particular region of the brain is responsible for producing speech. Um, this particular brain is, uh, particular part of the brain is responsible for uh, regulating emotions or memory. But today we know that no, it's, it's more like distributor system in the brain. So it's like more than one part of the brain can be involved in uh, let's say emotional regulation. It's not only, let's say, we have two parts, like amygdala. Earlier, we used to think only amygdala is the primary source of emotion regulation. But today we know there is uh, hippocampus, which is also primary source for uh, memory formation. It's also responsible for emotional regulation. Now, um, the, the how the neural systems work in the brain, this is a very complex process, I would say. But, uh, but, um, as we know that the brain actually emits or produces the electrical signals and we would like to say more like electrochemical signals because there are some chemical reactions going on and because of these chemical reactions there is ionic um, ionic uh, how do you say ionic exchange and you know when is there is ionic exchange there is an electrical conductivity so this is how for a layman i would say this is how the brain works um, also, I should uh, tell you something. The brain works in a very systematic and mathematical way, you know, um, and uh, this is why maybe like, you know, in computer science, we learn about artificial neural networks and that is that the model of ANN is mostly adapted from the natural the structure of the brain. And it needs, even though it, we consider the brain as a master organ, but it definitely needs um, the consistent support and alignment with other systems of the body. Let me give you an example. For example, um, so our brain needs oxygen to work, okay? So if even if a person like a normal uh, human being uh, does not receive oxygen in less than five minutes, less than three or four minutes, uh, uh, 
that person is definitely going to suffer from something called hypoxia. Hypo means lack and oxia means oxygen. So lack of oxygen, which may even lead to his or her death. So which means the brain needs the support of the, the or you can say the nervous systems needs the support of our respiratory system. Similarly, there are certain cells, not only the neuronal cells, which are conducting this, conducting this electrical, um, um, electrical signal communication, but also like glial cells and other brain cells, which help in cleaning the brain, or which in, uh, it's like garbage collectors, or help in repairing when the brain um, cells degenerate. So those for the repairing and for the gener regeneration of the neuronal cells, you need um, nutrients, and that is provided through the So in that case, the digestive system comes to uh, play. Now, um, uh, for example, um, for the oxygen to reach the brain cells, the oxygen needs to be carried by hemoglobin, and that requires the role of the circulatory system. So this is how brain works. So when we define how the brain works, we cannot simply define by um, what is the role of the brain? Uh, in fact, there are the other systems of the body which are, you know, which are helping the brain to the work. Now, when it comes to what you are saying that, uh, how does it play in our mental well-being? Uh, of course, first we should understand that that there are out of many four primary factors that can define our mental health. Like for example, the personality of a, a person, uh, mood, the anxiety level, and also psychotic aspects. So by personality means a person, um, uh, how does he uh, talk or um, is he usually a um, joyful person or just an expressionless person? This kind of uh, factors can be considered in, in defining a personality of a person. Mood, it depends upon the emotional level. Like, for example, are you very excited or are you um, like you, you're not excited, you're feeling low at a given particular time and good particular space. Anxiety, we know that most some people are more anxious than the others. And then um, the psychotic, it more relates, relates to the imagination and illusion. So when we say psychotic behaviors, we say we see in some patients, then we say we look for symptoms like whether that person is suffering for um, uh, um, illusions or something. Is that person imagining something which does not exist? So now, if a typical person at a given space and at a given time um, has a good mood uh, and is less anxious and has control over his or her thoughts, then we say that the person is generally in a good mental health. Otherwise, when it goes to an extreme level and then when all these factors go at a chronic level, level and that the person re starts requiring the medical help, then, uh, then we term it as um, mental illness or mental disorder. Like for example, you know, depression, anxiety disorder, bipolar disorder, or schizophrenia. So there are various regions in the brain controlling this. Um, and it depends upon the input that is, is being sent to the brain and the brain processes it. So if a person sees, so for example, Manas, I know you as a very calm and you know, you don't take tension. Usually you are a very happy person. Okay, I have, known, I have seen you and known like this. Now, for example, if you see something, uh, a very bad accident while traveling from one place to another, um, so basically you are giving the stimulus uh, and very, very bad or uncommon stimulus to the brain. And, um, and that kind of changes some hormonal level or the neurotransmitter in your brain. And that affects the chemical balance, okay? And that um, different 
difference in the chemical balance can change the electrochemical signal processing and that will affect that those areas of the brain that are primarily responsible for the emotional processing. So you see, for example, I was reading a recent study uh, which says that in people who are trying, who are very stressful and who are trying to coping up, coping up with the stress, they have um, um, higher um, activity in the amygdala region. So amygdala is one part of the brain, but which is not usually that is not hyperactive in kind of like normal being. Yeah. So now you also mentioned that uh, meditation and doing physical exercise uh, gives a mental boost to our mental well-being. So how does it actually work? How being uh, physically fit and uh, mentally meditative state, how does it help in one's med uh, mental health? Uh, that's a good question again. So let's talk about meditation. So, so in general terms, uh, meditation, when we're saying we do meditate or people usually say, okay, meditate on certain thing. Uh, it means more like focusing. You know, in layman terms, you can relate it to focusing or concentrating on certain aspects at a given space and at a given time. Uh, now, how it, how it affects our mental health. So, you know, throughout the podcast so far, I have always been using the word stimuli. And I've always told that our one of the ways how we can keep our uh, mental health in good condition is to reduce the stimuli. That is reducing the uh, factors that could less uh, that could cause distractions to to you to yourself, and uh, one of the ways to achieve that is through meditation. Now, when we say meditation to a common person, the person the first image that is created in his or her mind is to to meditate means to sit down um, and then close your eyes, okay, and then. Um, and then to prevent thoughts to come in. Uh, okay, after a certain reason, yeah, this is one of one form of the meditation is to sit at some point at, at a very stable position, close your eyes, and uh, and just do normal breathing. But you cannot always inhibit the thoughts completely from coming in because thoughts are here in that in the meditative state. The thoughts are acting as the input. You see, because the thoughts are nothing but the memories that are created, they have been brain have been created. So the novel brain is producing you, giving you those thoughts uh, as the input, and that might cause distractions to you. And uh, you can so you cannot simply inhibit them, inhibit them, and it takes a long process and through practice. So what happens when we meditate? Uh, let me see how how I can explain. So coming back to stimulus reduction, let's say I am sitting on a mat, closing my eyes, okay, not touching anything. So if you look at the definition of yoga process or yoga um, uniform, or there are certain uh, rules in the uh, for meditation, right? Because yoga, uh, sorry, meditation is one of the stages of yoga. And um, there they say that uh, basically for meditation, you should not wear tight clothes. Um, you should, when you are sitting, you should not sit on the plain ground. There is a scientific reason behind that. You should sit on a mat or a 
clothes. Uh, you should not touch any other things and you can close your eyes. Why? And you should sit straight. Why is it said so? so? Let's see. So when you are sitting, okay, at some place without touching anything, basically you are reducing, you are not having the stimulus of touch. So your sense organ skin is receiving very little amount of stimulus. When you're closing your eyes, a huge amount of information or stimuli are being stopped at that moment. Okay, maybe you can still hear some sounds, but auditory stimuli is still limited. That's why people usually say go to a calm place, a quiet place or meditation. That is the best place because you are naturally you are inhibiting the uh, distractive uh, sounds. Uh, of course, if you are in a good environment, uh, so you don't get bad smell and this natural smell. So what do you see? You are reducing the amount of stimuli information that is received by the brain at that point. Okay, so you are able to allow the brain to focus on your thought processes. Okay, why? Because first of all, your thought processes are generated involuntarily. Even if you do not, why you don't know how they are, it's not in your control. So, so by meditating, basically, by distracting a whole big crowd of things which are not necessary, you are, your brain, you are making space for brain to concentrate on what it has already created. Now, there are bad thoughts, there are good thoughts, there are thoughts that will make you cry, that will make you emotionally bad, that will stress you out. But by doing that, um, actually the stress is reduced to a very good amount because again you know as i said the brain is uh, uh, responsible for healing for repairing so by concentrating on one problem at a time it helps in solving now let's say if you are going through some um, some bad thoughts so you, you have time to reflect like why are those what is the source behind that bad thought but imagine if you're not meditating and you are doing something, you are already having the stress and you are giving more load of information from your environment to the brain. You see? So yeah, I see the meditation as a natural healing process. And so as it helps in natural healing process, I would say that um, it prolongs your mental health and it's, it's, it keeps you in it keeps you uh, keeps you in a good um, state of mind. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, having said all this, food is very vital part of our day-to-day -day life and to survive. So now what role does nutrition, nutrition in our foods that we consume play in uh, maintaining our mental state in good health? Yeah, that is also important. So uh, like, for example, you know, first thing is that, as I said earlier in one of the questions that you asked, that our brain needs oxygen to work, to function. It's the most vital thing. But it also needs the nutrients for its repairing, uh, for killing the garbage in, the, uh, in between the neurons. And every day neurons die, but they're also regenerated. I think about 5,000 to 6,000 brain cells are regenerated every day. So nutrients are very important. So when I say nutrients for a layman, these are like the normal nutrients like vitamins we have, 
um, minerals, we have we have nutrients from the proteins, um, and all, all those things we have. We also talk about uh, people also talk about antioxidants these days very much. Like okay, you eat green leafy vegetables like spinach or cabbage, and then you eat a lot of fruits. They are all full of antioxidants. So antioxidants they really um, help in the brain development. That is for sure. Uh, so, as you said that what food we are taking, like the brain, apart from the nutrients, is responsible. The brain also needs the um, ATP, right? We learned in biology classes, like ATP is the source of energy and that is um, obtained by res respiration, like that is the breaking down the food that we eat. So, now for the mental wellness, we have to see that when, when we say we are in mental well-being, what are the things we are looking for? We are looking for, we want to be happy most of the time. Most of the time, we want to be happy. We don't want to be anxious. We don't want to be stressed. We don't want to be something. Okay. So basically, you need to choose the food wisely. So now, for example, if you are consuming all the, all the, while red meat, let's say red meat is very highly energetic, right? It is very hot. Um, I don't know what you call in Indian texts, like for example, if you go for Ayurveda, um, they have classified food into three uh, categories based on the energy it contains. So red meat falls in the higher, very higher energy category of food. So if someone is consuming, <clears throat> sorry, uh, bread um, or high energy like meat all the time, then how can you expect that person to be calm? You cannot, okay? So according with the food, it is the, well, no, not only the nutrients, the nutrients are only specific to that food. Then the body as well as the brain gets um, adapted to that nutrients. There is no change in nutrients. So basically your brain becomes wired, becomes wired according to the food you eat. And and, and, and it, it is, uh, it is, difficult for like because brain will be more uh, focusing now into digesting or controlling how to adapt your brain to digest something okay which is not natural to your body instead if you go for a lighter food even for like non-vegetarians like there are lighter meats and fish or egg so brain is more like okay it has less stress on digesting those kind of foods and extracting the nutrients so it's not only the importance of nutrients that are vital for the mental health, I would say, but it also depends upon the food you eat, the source, okay, the food, and also the time you eat and how you consume it. Now you say, let's say, okay, I am having, I am having all types of good food, okay, um, I, I'm doing meditation, I do physical exercise, and I should be happy at the end of the day. But what if you do everything? And then you do very good exercise just before sleeping. And then uh, and you expect that you to be in a good mental health. That is not logical for me. Because, again, you are, like, let's say, okay, just forget. You know, some a few years ago, I think one or two years ago, we heard, um, uh, it came in the TV news that one of the very popular, uh, very young Telugu actor, he suffered from heart attack and he passed away, right? Mm -hmm. And everyone was shocked when that news came because he was I like, oh, he had... I think Kannada actor. 
पुनीत राजकुमार या टॉपिक ओके मे बी सो वन साउथ इंडियन एक्टर एंड देन एंड देन एवरीवन वाज शॉक्ड ओके दैट पर्सन हैड अ वेरी गुड गुड बॉडी ही यूज्ड टू गो डू फिजिकल वर्कआउट गो टू जिम एवरीडे वेल बट देन व्हाई डिड ही सफर फ्रॉम हार्ट अटैक सो द थिंग इज दैट ही वाज मे बी ही वाज डूइंग ओवर एक्सेसिव एक्सरसाइजेस and in building he was more focused on building muscles now what happens when there are more muscles your heart needs to pump blood right so it exceeds the limit of the pumping blood and then it it just breaks one day so similarly for the mental well being is also like that if you want to regulate the well being so you have to look at you have to uh, be conscious about what you are eating i'm not saying for non vegetarians like you you don't eat non vegetarian no 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 it's it's your choice to eat food but also make sure that how much quantity you are eating are you eating with sufficient uh, vegetables and fruits because fruits give lot of antioxidants a lot of um uh, nutrients that are very important for your whole body development and that's why i think if, everyone should consume fruits at least fruits should be a uh, part like at least in the afternoon or or in uh, be- before sunset you should have at least one bowl of fruit every day so uh, i i think i'm talking more about the food timing uh, more than the nutrients because like you get the nutrients from the food and for that you need to choose the right food when to eat food and how to consume it right right so now uh, we have uh, social media all around us we cannot avoid we have technology all around us we cannot avoid but how much do you think those uh, technological advancements uh, around us are putting stress on our mind stress on our mental health and how they are uh, reducing uh, our mental capabilities and if you see most of the uh, young generation including us and i am taking my example i am my screen time is very high if you screen time i mean i am the time i spend on my screen devices is very high it's comes around 15 hours or more so that is actually putting a lot of stress in human beings so how do you see that and how much impact do you feel that is having on mental health yeah that has actually because you know by first of all our body naturally is made for seeing perceiving or processing the natural stimuli around us natural stimuli means that is available in nature okay whatever you see so when you are spending longer time on this using this um, electronic gadgets so all those are artificial stimuli so our brain has kind to kind of um, adapt itself to process those stimuli now i would like to mention one thing manas here is about neuroplasticity you know what is plastic we say there's a thing is made of plastic is because you can deform it into or mold it into any form or shape you want so our brain is very neuropla is very plastic in nature and it is called neuroplasticity it means that if you want you can wire your brain according to what you want let's say you are uh, continuously looking at um uh, using your phone all the day and night day and night day and night so your brain is um 
uh, getting wired according to that. So at after some point of time, it is no different than people who consume alcohol. You cannot, you will start suffering from withdrawal symptoms. It becomes after certain some time, uh, even that habit becomes a subconscious processing, and even you don't know that how you want your phone. If you don't find a phone near you for one second, you are like stressed. Oh my God, where is my phone? Did I live somewhere else? Or is it in silent? Or is there no charge in it? So how am I going to find the one? And then you run and ask your friend, oh, can you please call me? I'm not finding my phone. This is what happens. These are all stress. See, even for one second, you have lost the lost your good mental health state of mind. You see how it happens. So when you are continuously doing like... Um, like like you said, you have longer uh, longer skin time. Of course, you, you need those for your work, but you should also know that you are making your brain wire according to that. So after some point of time, when you will be like, let's say at the age of 50, 60 or 70, now when you want really a, okay, I don't want, I'm fed up of my, these things, I want to be more, you know, I want to dwell in the nature and then I want to go here and there. I don't want to be in front of the computers. Your brain will have a shock again to go back to the normal state of mind. This is one. How is social media affecting our brain? It's a lot. For for an example, one of the misuse of social media is by imparting a false or um, half knowledge. Okay. Like for example, mental health itself is a half knowledge to many people. Like I said, one of the misconceptions is that people think mental health is equivalent to this. No. So many, and these days you see everywhere people talk about mental health, mental health. And so now you see very social media posts, they will tell you many things about mental health. Okay, do this, do that, without exactly knowing why it is happening. What is the source behind and how can you, how can you avoid that? So too much information is also not good at sometimes. You know why? Because as I said, your brain is very plastic. So if you are looking at those information, your brain is biased already towards the information. And then it will have a shock again in getting the new information. Okay. Like for example, let me say, when I am stressed, I think of chocolates. I, I feel, oh, chocolates keep me happy. Do you really think that chocolates give me happy? Or is it because my mind, my brain is telling me that you read somewhere in the social media or on the computer in by Googling or your friends told you that chocolates give you happy. So whenever you are stressed, go to that store and buy one chocolate and eat it. You see how the information is making your brain biased and then it is affecting you. So I think, um, in this way, the technology and social media can have a huge effect or uh, effect on our brain and mental health. Okay, okay, and that's mm -hmm. a lot of to worry about as for me. Yeah, so uh, you know, you mentioned that uh, anxiety and depression; these are kind of uh, mental health disorders, right? So, how do they manifest in the brain? When I say manifest, how do they get created uh, consciously or subconsciously in our brain? And we start taking a lot of uh, tension and we become anxious mm -hmm. and that causes depression. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you see in our society, depression is not termed mm -hmm. as a normal thing. It's an abnormal thing. It's something like fluke. You're just imagining it. It's not normal. So how do these manifest in our brain? Actually? Well, um, so first of all, I'd like to say that, you know, we all fall in a spectrum. Okay, let's say, for example, 
when we are saying that someone is anxious it does we can we should not we should we must not define that person oh is suffering from mental illness no 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 it's not it is not the true way let's say manners if let's compare both of us okay i have known you for so many years and i have seen you um, always jolly person happy person i see that oh my god you don't take stress for me you are you have presented me as an image of yourself on the other hand if you see me you know me all the time i'll take stress okay i got okay out of 30 if i get 28 marks i'll come and tell you oh mama i got only 28 why didn't did, did i lose that two one two marks so but still you know that i take stress all the time i keep on complaining and i'm like i'm worried about assignments okay i cannot go do coding okay my computer broke down i don't know what to do i'm taking stress but you are a chill out person but did you ever i'm asking you this question and you should reply okay. but did you ever think that okay sujata is having mental she is a mental ill she should have some medication no no i didn't think yes it's not because you still see me as a normal person like yourself okay so that's why we say all individuals fall in spectrum so let's say anxiety and anxious being anxious there is a scale it's not like someone is anxious and not anxious so in neuropsychological terms most often we will not see the binary it's not zero and one it's a spectrum like a rainbow okay so some people are low in the spectrum they are not you not usually anxious like for example you i will put myself in the middle of somewhere middle to between if 0 and 10 i'll put between like 5 to 7 myself but i i will categorize you as maybe 2 or 2.5 like this you see okay so how everything works now what happens when some people as long as they're in the spectrum it's okay as soon as people based upon the again there is upon the environment based upon the factors based upon the situation that person is in not only the environmental factors the social factors factors also play a very important role okay like stress and all this in this days are mostly related to the workplace because and you, you are ambitious and you see the more the, the person is ambitious the more the person is stressed because that is expectations and expectations uh, require like uh, creates a stress so when the person crosses and just nears towards the end of the spectrum that is a red light warning is like a not red light is a yellow yellow red yellow green a red yes so it will be like orange between yellow and red and this is signaling that something is wrong with you and that is what you have to recognize so when how you you said that how it manifests no it's not a one time thing or it's not i will not say forgetting forgetting about the genetic factors let's talk about the non genetic way it's not a one time thing and it's not like one day or two days or one year it it takes time it manifests with time it manifests with time like for example i talked about neuroplasticity some time ago so basically your brain is stress 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 and you are not giving time to the brain to say that no just forget about this stress so what happened this brain is accumulating all the stress things and it is very very good it likes the brain likes everything to form um and form uh, to form all the things that you see and hear and all your thoughts into permanent right which is called memory so it consolidates into memory so when it happens as i said the brain also does 
top-down approach. So you are already creating because of this repetitive um, stress and anxiety. What happens over time? The brain is already creating a perception. Okay, and that perception will start influencing your sense organs. Now, for example, if I am not being conscious, if I do not do not give my give a break to the brain my I, I will always take be anxious with the exam 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 okay i'm anxious about my exam anxious about my assignments uh, uh, um, anxious about the deadlines all the time without giving break now after certain a certain amount of time the brain will say that okay so i have i have created a person so next time let's say even i go to a restaurant with you to eat food i'll be anxious what food to choose? There are so many items. No, going to a restaurant should be a fun thing. It's, it's nothing, it's not something which you should be stressed. There are multiple foods, so you should enjoy. Okay, so I should try this. No, but instead, you'll end up being stressed out. And you'll be, I'm very anxious. I don't know what to take. Should I take this or should I not take this? See, you spend one hour doing that. So, this is what I'm saying. So, all this anxiety disorder, depression disorder. It takes time to reach the term called disorder when you really need start needing uh, need medical help. That is medical. Uh, you, you start needing medications. Right. So from being a, a third person or second person, you can call. Mm -hmm. How do you observe someone mm -hmm. and find okay he or she may need uh, support or help, mm -hmm. and he or she may be undergoing medical. Uh, mental related issues mm -hmm. having stress or anxiety mm -hmm. or depression how do you identify it because a normal person like you and me can also have a depression and they may not show any symptoms uh, to the outside world mm -hmm. so how do you identify uh, anything and how to support them exactly so that's a very important and vital question because as you know that these mental um symptoms do not appear like physical disorder or physical ailments right so this is one of the reasons why you cannot identify so you have seen in the past from other stories many bollywood and hollywood actors and actresses they commit suicide and people are shocked i was talking with them yesterday morning they were completely fine but they commit suicide see we look only at the outer appearance so if you want to identify it's a very challenging honestly there is no rule there is no defined way to identify if someone is going through so the responsibility or the onus is not only on us to identify but it is also on us the responsibility of that person who is going through that only he, at the first place he or she can help himself it's not us First, we come as a secondary, but the person who is suffering is the primary person who can solve that problem. And the best way is to talk, to talk out, to approach without hesitating, just to someone and that person needs that, listen, I have to talk out. I am going through this and I feel this is not normal. This is the way you start. And the other person should be ready to listen and to just to listen. It's not necessary that the person has a solution for that. But even that person talks out, it will eventually come to know that. Like for example, you will see that person is saying, I'm not well, I don't know why, I have everything, but still I'm not happy. And then you ask the question, like how long have you been feeling this? So based upon the time, you can identify, okay, so this is not good, this is not recent. If it is recent, it's easier. If it is not recent, you may say, then, you, then you can ask the question, how often do you, 
how often do you feel this so if this all the time that is dangerous if all the time that that may person might be lacking sleep and then you can see through some physical things like that person is not uh, is not looking good you look that person looks as if he or she did not sleep for a long time maybe suffering from insomnia on the other other hand some people who who are depressed they tend to sleep more okay so if you are seeing that that person is continuously for two weeks or three weeks not sleeping just eight hours when maybe 10 hours 12 hours and just getting fatigued after every two three hours and they say i want to sleep i want to sleep which means the brain as i said the brain is a very good um, healer so the brain needs that person to sleep so that it heals the mental uh, thing the mental environment of that person so i think the first thing a step is that the person comes out and talks and talks and the second person is that the other person should always be there to listen to so it's like saying that you know we may have friends but still we can feel lonely so again the loneliness comes here so you need to find have, find at least some one person if you don't find anyone just go to a psychologist or a counselor and just speak it yourself um so answering to the question is answering to your question is a difficult one because it needs a lot of uh, practice which psychologist and psychiatrist they have because they have been trained to identify those symptoms right right so now uh, in the field of neuroscience uh, what technological advancements or what kind of advancements can be done or maybe already uh, there which can help a person with mental problems yeah uh so mental health issues is more studied in terms of psychiatric uh psychiatry and i would not say only neuroscience but neuropsychological okay so advancement in science and technology i would say only in terms of research there have people have adopted different ways different ways of neuroimaging techniques different way of approaches uh to test on participants on on uh, patients and on individuals and comparing and to see how the different brain areas are different in normal what you call as neurotypical people and in the patients and so you know that which area is affected and because you already know the functioning of that area then you can predict that okay that brain area is affected uh, so let's say for example in the study which i was mentioning in one of your um, one of my replies is that a person found that people who are depressed they have amygdala more active they found through this fmri that is magnetic resonance imaging they found that they compared the normal people and they found those people who were suffering from depression now we can say that okay amygdala has been found in uh, processing emotion processing um, less uh, let's say um, it is involved to uh, processing emotions is related to the memory formation and these and that so you know that how all these factors are going to be affected so this is one kind of thing which you can find through those technologies advanced technologies uh looking at the psychiatric way people um look at the less look at the medication side for example there are a lot of advancement in medicines okay for the people who have who are suffering from the disorder now they are categorized into disorder so you need medications so there is a lot of development and still research is going on throughout the world uh, 
but one problem is that you know there is no specific thing that uh, specific thing that that can cure the mental illness there is no such thing unfortunately why because you see let's say i tell you from my personal experience so i volunteer as a medical interpreter in the mental hospital here okay because my lab is based in my, in a mental hospital and my professor my phd supervisor is a psychiatrist so i often get a chance to see the patients and talk with them just to translate for the psychiatrist and then i see at the end of the day um, my supervisor or any other psychiatrist they say okay i think that medicine is not working we should change it and they decide based upon the time that patient has been taking the medication so the medicine is very good but after certain point of time the patient is consuming consuming again your brain uh, your body and your brain cells become resistant to that medicine and it's a high time now to change so basically what you are doing you are doing heat and trial heat and trial heat and changing 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 to a new or maybe increasing the dose lowering the dose but you are not stopping the medication completely right so even though there are advances in the medication but there is nothing called which will entirely cure is everything is complementary not is like you will go away no it's not like that but it is possible to take control of yourself if you are not in a disorder level but you are in a state where you identify that okay i am often going through this state of mind i have mood disorders uh, i'm consistently having anxiety uh, uh, then why i am anxious now and i was not like this one year or two years before which means i am not normal when that thing hits you that is the best time to seek help okay you don't have to take medications for that level so um, this is the current state of art regarding okay. the neurology it's like there is no ultimate cure so far right so as an individual okay so uh, mm-hmm. what are the ways that we can promote mental health awareness and education in our communities i know it's not mm-hmm. possible without government's intervention at a larger scale but at our individual capacity how we can help and to create awareness among people as per you so according to me the first step is to be aware by ourselves okay before helping others we should help ourselves we all know we learned in our in our school and we all know that so we should know our own limits and threshold and we should acknowledge and accept the idiosyncratic differences why idiosyncrasy i mean every individual is different your limit of tolerance might be different from my limit what you can do in a short amount of time may take longer for me so this kind of reduces load by accepting yourself because most of the stress and most of the depression all the root is you know root lies not the i'm i'm not talking about the genetic factors okay all the root lies when you cannot accept yourself when you cannot accept the situation so that is the root cause that is not acceptance of the situation at your hand because if you cannot accept the situation you don't know how to find out the solution for that it comes it accumulates over time and then it leads to a big explosion so instead of trying to fit into something by rule that okay i have to do this to show my face to the society you do not deal with that first you look at whether what i am doing is happy i am making me happy whether uh, whether this is causing an anxiety causing a stress okay if i can tolerate this amount of uh stress what is my threshold what is the limit of tolerance for everything 
So you need, because when you are in a competitive world, of course, stress is inevitable. You have to take stress and all this. And stress is what? What is stress? Stress is something which is beyond your comfort zone. So you have to, there will be always in life that which will be out of the comfort zone. But you should know your limits and you should not go beyond limits. This is the first value. The second is that by being more observant in, sorry? Okay. Okay, so by being more observant and including awareness about mental health in the textbooks, I think mostly in India, especially because I studied in India, we do not talk about this mental health aspect in any of our school textbooks, right? We study biology. What do we start with biology? What is biology? What are cells? Then we go to organs, then these and that, and then, oh, if you break your bone, what happens? These and that, finish. Right. Wow, we never studied about the mental aspects. I think there should be at least one chapter about that. There should be free counseling service in every school. Like, for example, one thing, interesting fact, I find that even myself, I did not practice mental health thing when I was back in India. Uh, maybe because I did not feel it is important. But when I come here, because the government and everyone's investing so much money and time on this mental health, believe me, that you are forced to think, start thinking about a mental well-being, okay? So what I see is that, for example, I have one supervisor who is taking care of my research and I have a mentor. And the mentor is someone outside the department who is not aware of my work, Not he, he or she does not care about my work, but he is there to support me. Now, mm -hmm. let's say something is causing stress due to the work and I am not comfortable talking with my supervisor. He is always there to listen to me. Okay. So this is how... For all the students, it is provided here, and I really appreciate that. Although so far, I did not need to go to my mentor, but it's very good. People do take help from the mentor. So the mentoring, that is the first step. And then based upon the situation, the mentor will decide that, oh, you need maybe psychological uh, treatment or counseling. Maybe you should go and see some psychiatrists and so on. So I think this kind of hierarchical support is very important at this point uh, so um, is especially from the schools or the colleges and universities in india i would say uh, the third point is that awareing the parents because parents are very good in inducing so social and peer pressure okay then like for example they will say that by the oh why you why you got 60 marks in the math that person goes to the same tutor as you studies in the same class, same school. He can get 100 marks in the in maths, but you score 60. Finished. They, the parents are so innocent. Sometimes they think they're motivating the child. But actually, you don't know what is going on in the mind of the child. Yeah. So the conclusion lines is that... Um, I think childhood factors play an important role. Parents should be made aware. Schools should be made aware. Always ask for help and provide help and acknowledge the importance of a counselor in the society. That is very important. Since you have reached till the end of this podcast, you definitely have uh, watched or listened to the entire podcast. Thank you for watching or listening. Please hit the subscribe button, like it, share it, comment your views against this podcast. If you feel this is helpful, please share with your friends. Please share this podcast over social media.